better than this. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Kyle, happy Monday to you. Hello, Joseph. I hope you had a great weekend. I did. Very good. Don't, re- don't remember what I did. <laughs> That's it. Don't remember. My uh, my father-in-law got married. I saw that. Some beautiful pictures came of that. Well, my, my daughter got to be the flower girl, and that involved a wagon and me pulling her down the aisle in the wagon. So that was fun. That was my weekend. That's very sweet. Very wholesome moment there for Mr. Kyle. Uh, Shuby has his hand up. I do have a question. It sounds as if Kyle is his, starting his morning by doing the show from outdoors, and there's a bird that is serenading him in the morning. Is that true, Kyle? Is there a bird on that fence behind you that I see that is serenading you? Yes. Okay. It, is, just, uh, it is a beautiful day out, and I wanted to take advantage and get some fresh air. Sure. As, no, that's fine. I just didn't know what the bird was it. doing. I, I could tell him to go pound sand if you need me to. Now he hey, might quiet, he, quiet he, down he, over there. He might provide some better content than, than us. So we'll just leave uh, him what in there. kind of bird is it? No, I, I cannot confirm a visual on the bird in question. And therefore I don't want to, okay, you know, fair, fair enough. you could literally whether, say anything. Nobody could possibly, you know, whether it's a, a, a warbler or a swallow or yeah. finch whatever. or whatever. Yeah. You know, just, uh, I don't, I don't want to booby, you know, I don't want to make a blue footed booby out of myself here on the yeah. pot. So she'll be, what are we doing? We are. It's 2019 week. We're going throwback edition here on the show. A whole week dedicated to the 2019 NFL draft. So today and tomorrow, what the guys are going to do is we are going to redraft the 2019 first round. How it would go if the draft were being held today. and We knew what we know about these players now. How differently the draft order would be. What different players might be on different teams. Same draft order that was in 2019. But we will allow the, the hindsight that we have to guide us here. That's Monday and Tuesday. And then on Wednesday and Thursday, you guys did this last year. And then, we do, then we'll recap it at the end of the season after we've had the season to watch these guys. But you guys are going to predict of the 32 players, we split it into two halves, one through 16 on Wednesday, 17 through 32 on uh, Thursday, predicting which players are going to get their fifth-year option picked up or who are on track to get their fifth-year option picked up at the end of the 2021 season. So a a throwback edition focusing on the 2019 draft Mm -hmm. because it is a pretty big draft Mm -hmm. considering those guys' fifth-year options have to be decided uh, after this season. So a dedication to the 2019 draft this week on the show. Okay. Very good. It should be fun. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So this is a collaborative effort. Let's be very clear up front. We're working together to find the right players for the right teams. And, of course, the number one overall pick uh, in the actual draft of 2019 was Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyla Murray. Uh, so, Joe, curious if you believe that uh, Arizona should go any other direction. Of course, with the benefit of hindsight, Seeing how Josh Rosen's career ended up, it's <laughs> probably a good decision to make a move. Uh, Kyler, assuming presumably the right choice to make. I'm keeping it. I see no reason to come off of this. Uh, the production's been promising. He's had some big moments. I say we keep rolling with Kyler. Well, he's one of just a handful. He was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. 
one of 10 players from this draft to already have one Pro Bowl selection. Hmm. So that's a nice testament. Uh, according to Pro Football Reference, he has the highest career uh, approximate value of anybody from the class uh, through the first two seasons that they played. Obviously, you have to play to get that credit. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and he's been established as the starting quarterback. Um, I think this is the right choice. Kyler obviously has some growth that needs to happen for him to take the next step as a player, but there's little question. He's the right choice here for Arizona, given what Josh Rosen's career with hindsight turned into. All right. Started off on a positive positive consensus. Stay the course. Now up next Number two overall, Nick Bosa, was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. Interestingly enough, Joseph, Nick Bosa is another one of the 10 players from this year's class to have a Pro Bowl selection. Obviously, there was the injury this past year, uh, missed significant amounts of time. Uh, Are we getting off Nick Bosa because out of sight, out of mind? Uh, I'm more keen to not overthink the value of him as a player when he's healthy, he's on the field. Obviously you saw the, the impact that he had as a rookie. Uh, he was the 2019 AP defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. I think San Francisco has the makings of an elite pass rusher here. We saw what he did before the injury. I think he'll bounce back and be a dynamic pass rusher. Once again, I see no reason to come off of Nick Bosa with this number two pick. So the number three pick, the New York football Jets, Shuby's Jets, Quinn and Williams, defensive tackle, Alabama. Folks, I don't know if you guys watched the Jets play this year, but if you didn't, you missed this guy emerge and realize his ceiling or started to realize his ceiling this past year, showing the promise of being the number three pick and that playmaking potential we saw at Alabama. I like Jeffrey Simmons. I like Christian Wilkins. I like Ed Oliver. We'll deal with them when we have to but I don't think the Jets should change this pick. And I think in this Robert Sala defense, he's going to be a monster. Yeah, seven sacks, 10 tackles for loss, an additional 14 QB hits. He'll tell you what, he was every time I watched the Jets, he was all over the place. As far as the penetration style, he, he beat the tar out of those Miami Dolphins offensive guards both times they played him. So Pain in the ass, right? Yes. So it's it's very clear that like, the light bulb starting to come on for Quinn and Williams. And, and we've, I don't know if it's fair to say we forget, but like his sample size coming out of Alabama wasn't overly big either. Right. right? He was kind of like uh, a one year emergence type player. And it was undeniable how talented he was, but it was clear he was still raw in some capacities and really won with athleticism. So seeing that kind of come together, I think the jets have to feel really good about what they have with that spot. Uh, and I'm with you, Joe, I'm not changing this pick for anything. I think these first three picks were the right choices for the teams. Yeah. And you know, his rookie season was set behind in week one. He, he injured his ankle or foot or something and it bothered him for a while. So uh, he's, he's going to be just fine as a dynamic uh, defensive tackle for the jets. At number four, the Raiders. I think this one might change. So can I, just, can I just note something here? I went yeah. back while you guys were doing this because I have the actual draft order up uh, here mm-hmm. while we're doing this. And I just quickly scrolled through like the, the 2018, 2017, 2016, 2015 and looked at the top three picks and just was like, hmm, would we change any of these? And I made an assumption on behalf of the show. And there was at least one, if not two, in each of those draft classes that would have been changed. And this one, we started three for three, keeping it the way that it was. 
So just, just for context, this is something that I don't think what happened if we extrapolated this experiment out and did it for some years before 2019. Right. So I think it's, I think it's noteworthy to say that these three teams wouldn't change their pick. Now things change here at number four with the Raiders. They pick Cleveland Furl uh, surprise pick at the time has not come close to meeting expectations as a number four overall pick that could change. We'll see. But for now, Kyle, I am, I am suggesting that this pick is Brian Burns, edge rusher for the Carolina Panthers. Ooh, he's had a couple of injuries, but my goodness, when he's on the field, this guy just knows how to attack the pocket and get home and cause plays in the backfield. I think this would be, I mean, this would be exactly what they're hoping to get in Yannick Ngakwe, but younger and cheaper and, you know, maybe even with a higher ceiling. Well, and listen, you said he has a couple injuries. He's still playing 31 games. Yeah. He's only missed one game. Played hurt. He's played hurt. Yeah, he's, he's played through played through it hurt. Uh, four forced fumbles. He's got 16 and a half sacks through his first two seasons in the NFL. He went with seven and a half as a rookie and then nine this past year. For a team uh, that's not been very good. It's not like he's teeing off late in games with the lead. You right, know? right. His quarterback hits was 16 and then 21 this past year. Uh, so he has really uh, been a, a high impact player and, and his snap counts jumped. He went from 478 to 750 last year. So he played in over 70% of Carolina's defensive snaps last year, despite playing through, uh, some injury type stuff. So yeah, this is Brian Burns was actually somebody I had, I had rated above Nick Bosa. And I know that that was a hot take at the time. Oh, um, well, 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 Nick Bosa's if he's healthy, right. But you know, he's doesn't look so bad now. Now it does it. Well, but right now, Brian Burns does have more <laughs> career sacks than Nick Bosa. I'm just saying. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm all for if the Raiders want to, keep the position. And I don't know that we'll necessarily do this with all of the redraft picks and just pick like the best player at the position that they took. But I think this is one that makes sense. um, Provided that you're going to get outside of the Raiders school of drafting, which is has to be a championship caliber program uh, and a premium position. So I I think Brian Burns is a home run pick here at four in his pass rush prowess. He's only going to get better from here. All right. So number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Kyle, they picked Devin White, the linebacker from LSU, who I think we saw how important he was to that defense and you know how they get him going on in, with blitzes and that speed and physicality in the middle. I don't know how you go and change this thing now, you know, knowing what he's become, knowing what he means to that defense, the leadership. We can't switch this, can we? He's had pretty wild amounts of production. When you think about him as a rookie, he started 13 games and he had four fumble recoveries and returned to him for touchdowns. Uh, He had 97 solo tackles last year in 15 starts, 140 combined, 15 tackles for loss. He had nine sacks last year. (laughs) Yeah. If you're going to take a linebacker in the first 10 picks, it's got to be a guy who's 235, 240, runs four, five, whatever, and makes this kind of impact on third down. And obviously, it helps to have Levante David as the complementary linebacker that's next to him. And I don't think that that should be overstated. But like, as far as just taking context, as far as you know, what a player does well and the system that he goes into and who's playing around and really accentuate his skill set. Yeah, I mean, they, they have a tailor-made role for Devin White in this Todd Bowles defense, and that, that makes this a no-brainer to re-up on uh, 
because of the value that he brings as a pass rusher and blitzer more so than anything else. All right. So number six, this is, uh, this is interesting. This is going to get weird. New York Giants pick Daniel Jones, quarterback from Duke. Kyle, I'm, uh, I'm suggesting that we pivot, and I think, I think there's options here. I really do. Um, and my mind goes to some of these wide receivers, whether that's DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin. I, I, would not, I would not have drafted Daniel Jones at six. I don't think he's lived up to the number six pick. I think that can change. But right now we have the opportunity to switch it, and uh, I am motioning to move to one of these receivers. Because there's no other quarterbacks that like Gardner Minshew's the next most productive quarterback out of this year's class. Right. So, and I don't think we're going to see Gardner in the first round of this redraft, are we? No. And in, in, in this scenario, let's be honest, they could probably get Daniel Jones in the second round. We're going to pick two more times for the Giants in this experiment. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Yeah. So let's definitely not pick him at six. So let's get a, <laughs> let's get the best player that we can. Uh, for me, it's one of the old Miss kids. It's either I say kids, these grown ass men playing wide receiver, <laughs> either AJ Brown or DK Metcalf. Yes, that's a much more accurate, reflective statement of what <laughs> what they they bring to the field. Um, so, who do you think fits the Jason I mean, Garrett the, offense? Yeah, Brown. Um, yeah, I do think so. I think it probably AJ Brown would be the one that I mean, they're both really physical, which you love about them both. They both have phenomenal production. Their their production's almost identical. Have you seen it side by side? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well now I do because we're doing this, but yes. Yeah, so uh Metcalf's got a nineteen reception lead. Uh Metcalf has like a seventy seven yard lead and Brown has a two touchdown lead. So, which is really, really cool of the, uh, just according to pro football references, uh, approximate value, uh, Metcalf and Brown are two of the four most productive players out of this draft class <laughs> and, uh, the same offense and how this team didn't win more games is one of the great mysteries of life <sighs> at all, at all miss, but that's that static offense, man. It's so boring. So I, yeah, I but... dug in, I did Sam Howell over the weekend and I was reminded of the Phil Longo offense. But. I'm looking forward to the the comments that you have on today's staff meeting since we've been away for a few weeks and we're we're circling the wagons today. Yeah, circling the wagons for sure. Uh, all right, so we're going AJ Brown for the New York Giants. Yes, let's do that. All right, uh, Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock now at number seven. Uh, Josh Allen, the linebacker, edge, hybrid defender from Kentucky is the next pick. Joe, this is yet another one of those 10 players uh, who was named to a Pro Bowl. So if you look at it from that perspective, uh, you can probably feel pretty good about what Josh Allen has brought to the table. But um, I guess the question is, is the production that he's brought lived up to where you'd expect a top eight pick to have, or are there other options on the table? And I don't see anybody who's like jumping out at me as an obvious replacement. Uh, but I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, especially because uh, Josh had the the good season in, in 2019 as a rookie in which he had 10 and a half sacks, uh, but had a quiet year last year. He missed half the season. 
Yeah. So I think my approach to this experiment is it needs to be pretty obvious that they should have picked a different player to, to make the switch. And there needs to be a different player that really stands out to you. And I think there's other good players they could have picked, but I don't know that I have enough here to move off of this selection. So I would be in favor of keeping Josh Allen as the choice for the Jaguars. Okay. I'm not going to fight you on that just because it's, it was one of those. It's like, Hmm, maybe perhaps, but you know, perhaps Montez sweat, if you want more of a true pass rusher to go there, but um, I'm good with, with leaving Josh Allen and moving on to Detroit at number eight. All right. We'll get to Detroit in just a second, but first football fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash NFL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash NFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash NFL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash NFL and get started today. Kyle, the Detroit Lions picked Iowa tight end TJ Hawkinson. Did they pick the right Iowa tight end? <laughs> I, um, are you going to flex again here? Because then you have Fant higher than Hawk. I did. Yeah. I'm not flexing. I'm just observing. Yeah, it's a fair question to be made. And I think That's it's two even... flexes in the show, by the way. Two I didn't well. flex at all. I'm sitting here in a sweatshirt. I'm flexing for him. I'm flexing for him. You can't even see a flex. Yeah. It's true. He has sweatshirt on the patio. Um, I think the better question, and you have a fair question. The better question is, should they went with a tight end at all? Should they have went with a receiver? Should they have went with a defensive tackle? You know, like. So if they go with defensive tackle, you got to remember at the time it was a Matt Patricia. So like, are we picking for Patricia's situation or are we picking best (laughs) player for the team? Like that gets really dicey for me. Well, I, I think. I think what the emphasis was with the Hawkinson pick, and this was kind of the messaging coming out of Detroit, was that they needed more playmakers. Mm-hmm. Guys that, you know, 
just guys that can do things with the football. And they had tried to trade for Gronkowski, remember? And like he said, no, I'm not doing that. And you still had Matthew Stafford at this point. So to me, I would, I think this is where you go DK Metcalf. Yeah. You get that big height, weight, speed guy and, and make Matthew Stafford happy. If the objective is to, first of all, imagine Stafford throwing to DK Metcalf and how much fun that would be. Right. Um, but if the objective is just playmakers, yeah, DK is the best playmaker in this year's draft that's that's still on the board. And very few guys, A.J. Brown, who was not drafted in the first round at all in the actual draft and is already off the board here in the redraft, <laughs> right. uh, is probably the only guy that could, that can – will hold his resume up against DK's through two years and say like, yeah, I got a legitimate claim to, to that spot as the top playmaker. So give me uh, with that argument framing, I have no problem making DK Metcalf the pick, which can be a flex for all of us at TDM because we all collectively <laughs> loved DK. Yeah. About that. Kyle. Two receivers in your new top 10 gentlemen, two receivers. Chris, would you believe it? If I told you that somebody on Twitter called me, a bad word for having DK Metcalf in my top 10 players. And they said it was irresponsible of me. Yeah. Irresponsible of us. Somebody angry at you guys for where you ranked a certain player. Could for 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 having opinions. I know my goodness. Imagine. (laughs) All right. So the Buffalo bills at number nine, they picked defensive tackle Ed Oliver. And I like Ed Oliver. I think he's been really good as a pass rusher. I think he's played a lot out of position, particularly last year with Star Latule out, and they played him at one tech quite a bit, and that was not great for him. I think the Bills should have went defensive tackle, but with the benefit of hindsight, I am going to say that Jeffrey Simmons should have been this pick. I was fascinated to see what direction you were going to go, and um, I'm not super compelled to argue with you, um, and obviously Jeffrey – his rookie season didn't arrive until part of the season was over. Right. And then it was Mm -hmm. like, Oh my God, this guy's coming off an ACL tear and he looks like this. And he didn't quite have like the full on production that maybe we were expecting in year two. He only had three sacks of 14 quarterback hits. He started 15 games, but I think the big thing with Jeffrey Simmons to remember is playing on that Tennessee defense with how, inconsistent and ineffective at times that it was, it's hard to knock an interior guy too much because, you know, those guys on the inside, if there's not other players around him that, that forcing command attention, it's really easy to bog things down just by throwing multiple bodies at him. So uh, I, I think Simmons is probably a little bit more of a universal fit, regardless of what role you wanted to play him. So if, if you are going to play him in the a gap, some, you do want to play him at three technique and then rush the passer. He's got better size than that Oliver does. So I think there's a couple things in his favor that, that would uh, warrant this decision, Joe. And I'm not going to argue with you on the Buffalo bills. Cause you know, better than anybody. I don't want it to sound like I don't like at all. That's, that's the thing. And I have to fight that conversation a lot with, you know, Bill's Mafia on my own podcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh. But I'll put uh, that on Twitter, Joe. People come after you. Jeffrey Simmons is the pick. So Pittsburgh Steelers at 10. In reality, drafted Devin Bush, linebacker from Michigan. Remember, they traded up to this pick from 20 mm-hmm. to get this deal done. Uh, Devin Bush, he's been a 
reliable piece of the defense uh, when he's been on the field for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, what was his injury this past year? ACL, if I'm not mistaken. I was going to say it was a pretty significant one, if I remember correctly. So he started five games. But as a rookie, I mean, he was he was really good. He had two interceptions, uh, played well in coverage, four fumble recoveries, 109 combined tackles, uh, nine tackles for loss. So this is another one of those kind of like the Nick Bosa thing where it's probably easy to say out of sight, out of mind, and look the other way. Uh, but for Pittsburgh and, and replacing Ryan Shazier, which is what this selection was all about. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, it's hard to argue with the profile and the production is rookie season to, to say that they did anything uh, that they would regret now looking back at it with hindsight. Yeah, I agree. And man, I'm sure every rookie linebacker would like to come in and play behind Casey Award and Tyson Alulu and uh, Stefan Tuitt. And I think Howard was there the first year, TJ Watt. So, you know, that's got to be nice. But I I, look, he was on a great trajectory. I think he's going to come back this year and be a dynamic player. And I see no reason to switch this. So that's eight of the top 10 we stayed chalk on, correct? Yep. No. That is incorrect. That is that is a quintessential nope. example of draft dudes do math right there. Seven, because it was Farrell at four. It was the Giants with Jones at six, and then Ed Oliver at nine. So yep. six of ten. So you were still wrong because you said seven. So six of the ten. Who's the fourth? Because <laughs> I only said three. So you changed Oakland to Brian Burns. You changed the Giants to AJ Brown. You changed the Lions to DK Metcalf, and you just changed the Bills to Jeffrey Simmons. Yeah, it's four. That's four. So it's six four. of ten. Draft dudes do math. Shuby, you going to edit that out, or is that going to live? Oh, that's got to live forever. That's oh, going to live forever. That's yeah. fine. So, I'm, here, I'm sitting here living my best life on the back patio, all right? Give me a break. Uh, what's up? 11 Cincinnati Bengals at Big Jonah Williams. Uh, wind up being a good player for them this past year. Obviously, kind of redshirted in year one. Um, I think left tackle, offensive tackle is still the way to go with this pick. The only other offensive tackle that I would really – bring to this conversation is Jawan Taylor. Taylor. Yep. Um, I mean, if you want to do it, I can, I can get behind it, but I'm, I'm not sure that what Jonah Williams showed in, in 2020 doesn't affirm the reason they picked him at 11. Do we want to, do we want to open the floor to just best available offensive linemen? Cause yeah. Then you bring in Eric McCoy, you bring in uh, Dalton Risner, Elton, Elton Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, those players definitely become part of this. I mean, because it's, it's, he started, Jonah started 10 games this year. So in two years, he started 10 games. So, and you, it's so unfortunate that he was so reliable at Alabama. And then he comes to Cincinnati and, of course, misses his first season, right? And it's how do they it do al- that? It almost reminds you of Billy Price. Who's right. another Billy first, Price and Jonah first, Williams, like stalwarts. Yeah. Billy Price started what, 45 consecutive oh, games at 50. Ohio State? It's over and 50. Never missed a snap. And lo right. and behold, like, misses time and was, he's like never been the same. So I don't know. I at least feel compelled to bring in the conversation of other. Just, just best available offensive linemen, especially knowing what Cincinnati's offensive line was last year and, and how it derailed Joe Burrow's season. And, you know, this is that's the whole point of this is to have the benefit of hindsight. Well, then I think we got to go with Elgin Jenkins. And I would say Eric McCoy, but I, I think their best – Hopkins is their best offensive lineman, right, at center. You know Jenkins could play that left guard spot for you. 
Yeah, have guard center versatility is huge. Yeah. Over so, Michael Jordan or whoever they've been trying to play there. Yeah. So let's let's do Elkton Jenkins here at eleven. All right, locked in. Uh, that makes it seven of eleven picks. The, uh, I'm sorry, six of eleven picks. That are- oh, now it's Chris's turn. Drafties <laughs> do mad. Very good. All right, so Rashawn Gary, twelve, 12. Green Bay, yeah. Green Bay Packers. Uh, have a feeling this one's going to go a different direction. Yeah, I mean. The thing is, we're going to pick again for Green Bay, who picked Darnell Savage. So I think there's, I think there's a, a card we could play here because I don't want them to not get Darnell Savage. So do we just give him Savage here and deal with the switch later, or do we go ahead and give him a different edge rusher? Right that now? feels lazy, Joe. Kind of knowing that we have Chauncey Gardner Johnson in our back pocket yeah. in case Savage doesn't get there. Yeah. Okay. And he had no Chauncey had no business going no. as late as he did. No, happy to say. I think we both had first round grains on Chauncey. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Just had to watch the tape. You you could get there. Wasn't hard. So if we're gonna go edge rushers, is Montez Sweat a fit? Yeah, I mean, if they thought Gary was a fit, sure. Yeah. I mean, is there, is there a BPA situation here? Like, we get to make this choice. We could give Aaron Rodgers Terry McLaurin right now. Shuby's feeling some type of way about what I just said. Did you see his eyes there when yeah, I said that? Yeah, he, he opened his mouth to start Let's to go. say something. And what do you he, got, Shuby? No, just, I mean, make this pick. All the Aaron Rodgers problems go away. I mean, it's that simple. Let's, pick, let's give Terry McLaurin. He's the next best receiver, huh? He might be the BPA, too. I mean, this guy's been unbelievable with no good quarterbacks in Washington. Scary Terry. I motion for this pick to be Terry McCorn. Man, my guy's averaging over 1,000 yards a season. <laughs> with who throwing him the ball, man? Haskins and uh, Alex Smith and who? Yeah, because like the other the other top productive receivers in this year's class that are left on the border, like Hollywood Brown, who we're not picking at Debo. twelve, uh, Debo, and then like Deontay Johnson's got like sixteen hundred yards or or something along those lines. So like got about as many drops too, I think. Stop! It. How dare you slander Andy Isabella like that? <laughs> okay, no comment. <laughs> I'll keep my mouth shut. Let's do Terry McLaurin. And then if Green Bay walks with Terry McLaurin and if they somehow get Darnell Savage or even if they have to get Ta- Chauncey Garner-Johnson, like, they've won. You've, you've absolutely won. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website now or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Dolphins time. Dolphins time, 13th overall pick. Christian Wilkins uh, was the selection in real time. And um, 
I think Miami, that you, you also have the luxury here of considering best players available when you consider that they were just kind of looking for foundational players, right? And mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think there's any significant gripes against Christian Wilkins as a player. I kind of view him in the same light, Joe, that you view uh, Ed Oliver. Uh, the impact plays are not jumping off the, the tape at you. You could see a lot of flashes of you know, winning at the line of scrimmage and dictating, you know, and two gapping and controlling his gaps and making reads. Uh, but you're, ta- it's, you're talking about a guy for his career who's credited with three and a half sacks, seven tackles for loss, seven additional quarterback hits, and he started 26 games and played in 30. So it's just, there's not a lot of splash production. So the, the debate around this pick is if that's the role you're going to ask Christian Wilkins to play, is that worth a top 15 selection? And I don't think there's an easy answer. You know, I know you had mentioned Eric McCoy already, and they still don't have the center position fully fleshed out. They've got Matt Skura, uh, who they signed in free agency on a one-year deal. And Ted Karras was on a one-year deal year before that. And, uh, I really regretted that they traded out of uh, the pick that was actually made to be Eric McCoy as part of their parlay for Josh Rosen. And they had the pick that the Saints used on Eric McCoy and traded back out of that spot for the Saints to draft McCoy there. So um, I think there's a lot of good options here. Maybe Montez Sweat you know, is finally the spot for him. I think that's another uh, good landing spot for him as well. Obviously, they just went out and got Jalen Phillips in this year's draft. What about I, – I agree with all the things you've said, and I think Christian Wilkins has been a good player for them. Um, and mm-hmm. he's, I think his his value to the team transcends playing because he's such a high-energy, like, buy-in guy. You know that he's somebody that's connecting Coach Flores' message to the locker room and is already a big-time leader for them. You know, like – so I think he's been a good player on the field, and I think he means a lot to the football team. Yep. Um, I can be convinced on McCoy just because that center position – Seems like the one, like you said, has not been addressed. I think Flores would love a player like Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So I'll defer to the direction you want to go, but that's kind of where my my mind goes. I kind of want to go with Montez Sweat. You know, if if you're going to go with a defensive lineman. You want the impact, the the pressure. Yeah, you know, an impact player. And that was one of the big issues for them last year was – you know, they, they obviously went out and signed Shaq Lawson and Emmanuel Agba and since have already traded away Shaq Lawson, but like their ability to win one-on-ones and get organic pass rush. And like, he's got prototypical size, length, athleticism. One of the players that he compared to on mock draftable uh, was Jalen Phillips as far as his athletic profile. So yeah. I think you take all those things. And I think if Miami knew that, yeah, we, we could take a guy who's going to, win and control the line of scrimmage and be a really high character guy in the locker room. Or you can get a guy who's a little bit more of a ball of clay in 2019 with Montez sweat. You can draft and develop him. I mean, he has the traits to be a guy who can win one-on-ones Miami's 2020 season might've looked a little bit different knowing that you could get some organic pass rush with him up front. Yeah. Montez sweat 16 sacks and 32 games. All right. Turn in the card. Sounds good to me, Chris. E woo, wee woo, wee woo.
Oh boy, stop, I don't know what it is. Stop. I don't know what it is either. Shuby's bringing a wee woo to the table. You know it's not some crap. I'm glad my friend Kyle Krebs is sitting down for what I'm about to tell him. Oh my god. Other what than the it? other than the draftnetwork.com, Kyle, what is one of your favorite places to frequent? Playoffpredictors.com. Playoffpredictors.com has just imported the entire 2021 college football schedule into the website. Oh my god. <laughs> stop. <Okay. laughs> Guess what we're doing after we get done with the NFL season on the live stream <laughs> Thursday nights. <laughs> Let's go. That's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we just have to flesh out how we're, we're going to decide how we're going to pick every single college football game. Yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the thing. We're not. So it's like, okay, like, do we pick like the top, 10, 15 programs and predict their schedules and then see what the college football playoff picture looks like. I think there's a way we can do this. Yeah. Especially because we have like people on our scouting staff that specialize in regions. Correct. Can kind of tap into some of that. Correct. Correct. So Chris, thank you for that breaking news here on the show. (laughs) Um, We're moving on to 14, the Atlanta Falcons. That's right. Chris Lindstrom from offensive or the offensive guard from Boston college was the actual pick in the draft. Uh, And just to recap some names that were picked in reality who are still available and left on the board. I can't wait to screw this up. Uh, Cleveland Farrell defensive end from Clemson, Daniel Jones, quarterback from Duke, TJ Hawkinson, tight end from Iowa, Ed Oliver, defensive tackle from Houston, Jonah Williams, offensive tackle from Alabama. Rayshon Gary, uh, linebacker, edge, whatever you want to call him, from Michigan. And Christian Wilkins, defensive tackle from Clemson for Atlanta here at 14, Joe. Lindstrom's been really good for them. He just got injured for a few games. But how many games has he actually played in? Let me see. We got to find out the details. We're going to, we got to get these things right. 21, 21 games. He played in all 16 in 2020. They needed a guard. I mean, what do we, we could make a case for Eric McCoy here. My guy played 1100 snaps last year. Good for him. He's a good player. And I watch a lot of their film because they're, you know, my, my, one of my pro teams. I wouldn't change it. I think we'll change the McGarry pick later, but I wouldn't change this one. Yeah, I'm good with leaving Chris, Chris Lindstrom here. Okay. Which brings us to the football, to our football team. I kind of want to leave Easy. Haskins. Don't say that too loudly. Just just keep that to yourself. I kind of want to leave it as Haskins so we can guarantee that we get to the spot where we are now where Ryan Fitzpatrick is this team's quarterback. <laughs> That's what you had to go through to get to this moment, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, so Joe, I think it's safe to say we're not going to pick Dwayne Haskins. So who's, 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 who's jumping off the screen at you, uh, to consider with this pick? Well, I hate that now they don't have Terry McCorn. Right. So that, that changes a lot. Um, they don't have Montez Swift, Montez uh, Sweat, that, so that changes a lot, right? Two of their key picks from this draft, we've, we've sniped them from them. So that just is a testament to how well they drafted outside of Dwayne Askins. Um, 
some of my top guys left Chauncey Gardner, Johnson, Ed Oliver, Christian Wilkins, Darnell Savage. Um, what about Jawan Taylor? That was literally, if I went one more name, it would have been Jawan Taylor. They're still kind of rolling with this Morgan Moses, Cornelius Lucas. I know they just signed uh, Charles Leno. Mm-hmm. We both like Jawan Taylor quite a bit. I'd like him a lot better to take over for Trent Williams than the guys that they've got there. Okay. Including Charles Leno. And Charles yeah, was... Leno, Charles Leno's a perfectly fine starting tackle in the NFL. Right. You know, he's a, a your average starting left tackle. But Taylor, I mean, Taylor's played 100% of the snaps in consecutive seasons for Jacksonville, which is a huge testament. And you knew he was a little raw coming out, but, like, his athletic profile is really, really good. He was the 35 uh, overall pick in the actual draft to Jacksonville. And um, if they were going to move on from Trent Williams and kind of get out in front of it instead of waiting until Trent Williams was gone and not having a solution in place, then – this probably w- would have been a wise decision for them because this was at that juncture where Trent Williams never played another snap for Washington after this point. So I'd, I'd make a strong case for Trent yeah. Williams. And Juwan Taylor, 32 game starter so far in the NFL, and mm-hmm. he will be 23 for literally like all of this season oh, up until go. late, no- late October, November, excuse me. Yeah, let's go. Juwan Taylor, that was a brand player for both of us. We had a first That's right. On him, so That's right. Lo and behold, behold, we're going to go back and gravitate. If they, they play okay, yeah, we're going to yeah. go, go get our guys. You know, Just like if you were a GM, here. wouldn't you do that? Like You, you see pulse. that when, G, when a GM goes to a yeah. new team, he just right. brings in his, his old guys that were right. successful. Right. All right. Is this the last one today? It is the last one of the day today. Carolina Panthers, they picked Brian Burns. We sniped him. The guy didn't get out of the top five. And we just took the offensive tackle. And Montez Sweat's gone. Yes. All right. So I'm sorry, Carolina. I'm the tiebreaker, so I can't say what I would do here. Well, there's corners that we could consider. I mean, Sean Murphy bunting, Jamel Dean. The tight end thing has not really been kind to Carolina. This could be a fan spot. What about, a Max, spot. what about Max Crosby? Oh. He's this draft class's leading sack artist. With I know. I, I had that. I had that talking point, you know, harbored for whenever the time came. Oh, well, F in the chat. I just stole it from you. Guess what, Joe? The time has come. The time has come. <sighs> same, really sty- want- same style of a player, right? feel so weird saying that wins it wins as a speed right i mean he's not a overly physical guy you know he's more of a speed rusher he's got good twitch off the edge my guy's got 30 tackles for loss on top of 17 all right all right it's fine let's do it max crosby mad max crosby the mad max crosby this is fun i love how many players that we're getting that weren't first round guys in the top half of the first round redraft right right Max Crosby was a fourth-round player that just got moved up to 16th overall. We had so we had DK Metcalf was 64. AJ Brown was I think in the 50s, like 54 or something like that. Uh, Crosby was 106 overall. McLaurin was a third-round pick. AJ Brown was AJ Brown was 51. 
uh, okay. Terry McLaurin was 76. Uh, Jawan Taylor was 35. Elkton Jenkins was. He was around 40, 44. 44. Yeah. You moved up Jawan Taylor, who was at 35. Probably going to be more of them tomorrow. Probably, I can tell you, I'm just looking at it. McCoy's getting drafted tomorrow. Eric McCoy's getting drafted tomorrow. We'll probably find spots for most of the guys other than like the colossal flops. Like Hawkinson <laughs> will probably get drafted tomorrow. Yeah. I'd expect Ed Oliver and Christian Wilkins get drafted tomorrow. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if we find a spot for Dre Greenlaw. Ooh, it's interesting because there's probably a- not another linebacker that I would bring to the conversation. Right. He's been a good player for San Francisco. Right. Cole Holcomb might be the other like linebacker. If you're looking for like the good starters out of this group. Yeah. There's some names. Well, we, we will be returning to the outside the first round. Well, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So you're going to want to make sure you tune in tomorrow for the second half of the 2019 redraft with the benefit of hindsight. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the first half of the first round, walking, through, taking a little trip down memory lane, right? And remembering about what we thought about some of these players, uh, remembering what junctures some of these teams were at. Uh, it, it gives you a much greater appreciation for the decisions that were made at the time if they were right and gives you a greater appreciation for the conflict that those decisions caused if those decisions were wrong. So Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino, and Chris Schubert, we hope you guys enjoyed uh, this Monday episode of Draft Dudes. Hit subscribe. Come on back and see us again tomorrow.